Chuck Todd is out with the Sleepy tweet. Eyes Chuck Todd. Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd. Please. A sleeping son of a bitch, I'll tell you. <laughs> Whatever that, that is. That is an odd insult. Anyway, <laughs> the host of Meet the Press has tweeted, the next hour of uninformed speculation will do no one any good. Uh, um, um, Shut up. Um, disagree? <laughs> It will amuse me. The sleeping son of a bitch. Hey, 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 hey. hey. Enough with the sailor talk, Mr. President. Trump is a f***ing idiot. Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. You know what? You need to settle down in there, all right? That was Lindsey Graham quoting someone else. What? Is it her monologue? No. (laughs) Wrong. The next hour, according to Chuck Todd, of uninformed speculation will do no one any good. Be patient. Go run a few errands or answer email. Then tune in. That's right. It, it, I'm going to send him an email right now. Tell him to shut up. Robert, yeah, answer that one, huh? Robert Mueller speaks to the nation in less than an hour. Astounding. We'll have it for you live, front to back. Every word, every comma, every pause on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, I, that's just astounding. It, it has it, to and, be. And so- it came with no warning by modern standards. Right. When you have a announcement, then a pre-launch, then another pre-launch, then a launch, then a relaunch of your presidential campaign, for instance. Then they leak out the speech so everybody can talk about it for a while before right. you exactly. actually come out and give it. Um, it. It has to be huge. It has to be big. I, I don't see, I, I can't imagine that it's not. I can't imagine that it's going to be, a, wow, he came to the microphone for that. I don't think that's going to happen. No. This has been going on for over two years, and... He has kept his mouth shut this entire time through some pretty extraordinary ups and downs. Whether stories that came out that weren't true um, or were true or the way they were handled in the press or things the president has said or things his opponents have said. Right. And then the hearings and all that sort of stuff. And he's kept his mouth shut through all of that. Right. Why is he going to say something today? He's finally had enough. Can't take it any longer. I like this tweet about the, uh, the big Mueller speech. Read your Bible, hold your loved ones, make arrangements. <laughs> the Bible! Wow, so this... <laughs> Why, today he finally got the patent approved on his Muller Rollers brand of rollerblading. He thinks it's really going to make a comeback. I uh, call them Muller Blades. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. I, I think... I, oh, boy. Is it even possible for even a man of his intellect and standing... To craft a message that will not be seized by both sides, wildly interpreted, while with different and wildly different interpretations, and and then we scream at each other for a couple of weeks over. Is it possible? Hey, hey does to it craft have... a message so simple and direct? Here's a good one, and I haven't even read it. I've just heard about it in the Washington Post today. There is an op-ed by James Comey. Oh boy. Um. That is getting some attention in which James Comey goes on about a number of things. Let me, uh, no treason, no coup, just lies and dumb lies at that from James Comey, a long op-ed piece. Is this a response to that? That would explain the, that would explain the all of a sudden of this, because this just hit last night and they were talking about it late on your cable news shows and it's in the Washington Post today. That is my best guess. Comey is re- or uh, Mueller's responding to Comey's op-ed, which I I gotta 
Wow. I've not read. Now you have my attention. Do you have it in front of you? Yeah, I do. Hit some highlights. I'll just, just start at the beginning. Read it. It is tempting for normal people to ignore our president when he starts ranting about treason and corruption at the FBI. I understand the temptation. I'm the object of many of his rants, and even I try to ignore him. But we shouldn't, because millions of good people believe what a president of the United States says. In normal times, that's healthy, but not now, when the president is a liar who doesn't care what damage he does to vital institutions. We must call out his lies that the FBI was corrupt and committed treason, that we spied on the Trump campaign and tried to defeat Donald Trump. We must constantly return to the stubborn facts. So he's defending the FBI. Mueller's a longtime FBI guy thing. Mm-hmm. I'll bet it's something to do with that. Wow, that's interesting. I tell you what, that is less annoying than a lot of stuff that Comey says. Um, How about when you add the fact that he was standing in a forest alone when he wrote that? <laughs> yeah, right. And had that look on his face that he always has. And Looking he up. Hired a dozen forest nymphs to spread rose petals at his feet. <laughs> um, listen, the whole stuff about the, the president, the, the president traffics in hyperbole all the time. Um, and I think most people get that at this point and just either laugh or roll their eyes or whatever. Um, There's sometimes that he shouldn't, and I agree on that, but... The one thing he said that I thought was absolutely right. What was the thing about facts? We got to rely on the stubborn facts. Well, what the president's hyperbole is, it's the it's the uh, frosting on the cake of we want to get to the facts of the origin of the investigation into my campaign where the powers of the FBI and the CIA, for that matter, uh, misused. Those are the very facts that people like. Lindsey Graham are trying to ascertain, Mr. Comey. Let me let me read. So a we don't we don't know a lot of the facts that the president is talking about. True. Uh, let me read a little more from Comey's op-ed piece because the more I think about it, the more I think this is this is this is this explains it. This is a good theory. Um, Russia engaged in a massive effort to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. Near as I can tell, there is only one U.S. leader who still denies that fact. The FBI saw the attack starting in mid June 2016. When the first dump with the first dumping of stolen emails in late July, when we were hard at work trying to understand the scope of the effort, we learned that one of Trump's foreign policy advisors knew about the Russian effort seven weeks before we did. Would that be Stone? Um, maybe, yeah. In April 2016, yeah. that advisor talked to a Russian agent in London. Learned that the Russians had obtained dirt on Hillary Clinton in the form of thousands of emails and that the Russians could assist the Trump campaign through the anonymous release of information damaging to Clinton. Of course, nobody from the Trump campaign told us this or about later Russian approaches. We had to learn it months after the fact from an allied ambassador. When we finally learned of it in late July, what should the FBI have done? Let it go? Go tell the Trump campaign? Tell the press? No, investigate to see what the facts were. We didn't know what was true. Maybe there was nothing to it, or maybe Americans were actively conspiring with the Russians to find out the FBI would live up to its name and investigate. As a director, I was determined that the work would be done carefully, professionally, and discreetly. And he goes on from there. But I, I'll bet that's what Mueller's going to talk about. Mm. Yeah. You probably shouldn't have appointed Strzok uh, to head up the thing. Both of those investigations. Maybe that was, you know, he'd risen to that level, but... He does not seem like a steady roller to me at all. Um, yeah, so maybe the doubts have just kept in or crept in rather after the fact because of his emails and the whole insurance policy and the rest of it. But, you know, it's funny. I heard uh, it was probably on Fox News. It almost had to be on Fox News because they're the only ones who talk about it. But um, uh, Brennan or no, it was Clapper. 
Which one? Brennan. It was uh, uh, Trey Gowdy was talking about this, and they asked, I think it was Brennan. Yeah, that's right. It was Brennan, um, former director of the CIA. They asked him a couple of years ago in front of a congressional hearing, did you know that the Steele dossier was at the foundation of the FISA court warrants? And did you know who, um, who financed the Steele dossier? And did you know who started the investigation? And he was like, no, I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. And what Trey Gowdy said was, you either have a situation where he was uh, materially misleading Congress, because he doesn't like to use the term lying, Um, because he said that's a crime, and I don't accuse people of crimes unless I have serious evidence, um, because he's a prosecutor at heart. Um, He said, so we either have a situation where the CIA director is materially misleading Congress, or he didn't know the basis upon which a FISA court warrant was resting. Either way, it's pretty scary. So, you know, with all due respect to James Comey, uh, most of what he said there, or all of it, I think, was the truth. And probably nothing but the truth. But it wasn't the whole truth. So, yeah, with all due respect, we're going to make sure everything was done correctly. I think Mueller is going to speak to the uh, to to some of how this whole thing started, because that's the hot story in D.C. right now. I wonder. That seems awfully knee jerky to me for old man Mueller. But you know, I don't know the guy. Is it possible? And I guarantee you, there's going to be speculation about this. If it has anything to do with that Comey op-ed piece, that they, as old friends, coordinated this. Comey, I'm going to write an op-ed. They'll put it in the Washington Post. You come out and talk, mm. and we'll we'll lay this to rest. Now, that is possible. Very possible. As yeah. two guys that feel like they're standing up for the institution of the FBI that they love and have been with their whole lives. Right. Wow, so that's a tangential issue to the Mueller report. Uh, well, it's, well uh, yeah, it's, well, it's a tangential issue. Uh, how it got started and the basis of the investigation as opposed to, you know, what the investigation found. But... That that's an interesting guess. Chuck Todd says that's uh, idle speculation. Uh, I think it's a pretty good guess. Sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm taking advice from somebody with sleepy eyes. The guy has heavy lids. What do you want him to do? Get an operation? He should. Get the sleeping son of a bitch. All right. I'm gonna get some rest. That of all of Trump's insults, that's the most inexplicable. I don't know. Is Marco that? Rubio drinking a lot of water was odd, <laughs> or or the thickness of someone's neck. I don't know. I've heard people called pencil neck well, sure. geeks since Got I was a kid. Got the smallest in his well, sure. neck I've ever seen. Sure, I've but never as heard an argument. anybody called thirsty. But as an Tell argument, look at him drinking water. But Where as the an, hell did that come from? As as impugning someone's character. <laughs> I, I I still say the water thing's stranger. <laughs> I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty too much. I'm. It's hot. <laughs> there are lights. I hustled over here. I uh, again. I'm I'm thirsty. <laughs> Well, we're all going to find out together, my friends. SOB. 45 minutes or so from now, we'll have it for you, the old man. Does it, and again, I ask this question, does it make things better or worse for, you know, people coming together, understanding what's going on, coming to some sort of conclusion? Does it make things better or worse? If I I might reinterpret, will it cause more arguments or fewer arguments? Correct. Doesn't everything cause more? I can't imagine a different outcome than more arguments and things are worse. (laughs) After what Mueller says. I'm I'm certain that's not his intent. I assume he's coming out to try to clear things up and make things better. Surely he's not going to pull a Comey. 
Everybody knows Comey made a mistake during the absolutely delightful, here's what Hillary did wrong, but we're not going to charge your news conference. <laughs> oh, we, I enjoyed every minute of it. You think it. he might do that with Trump? He, he relays out all the things he thinks were bad, but I'm not going to charge him. No, like I say, surely he's not going to do that. <laughs> I don't know. But I do agree. Whatever he does, it's going to make things worse. Armstrong and Getty. We take most breaking news fairly lightly because most of it's crap. It's just not that big a deal. But this could be a pretty big deal. If it is a big deal, it's misreported. (laughs) This is a fairly big deal. Robert Mueller, the famous Mueller of the Mueller probe, is going to come out and talk to the world on a microphone. Yes. Um, And nobody knows about what. I have fascinating revelations for you. Okay. Your theory was an excellent one that he and his old buddy James Comey uh, have conspired Comey with the editorial in the WAPO, now uh, Mueller shocking the world, practically without warning, coming out and speaking. I'm afraid I might be blowing up your theory, but correct me if I'm wrong on that. I don't care. No. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, I'm, 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 this is speculating. We're just trying to figure it out. As a former Justice Department employee, Mueller still has to get authorization from the Justice Department to come out and speak publicly about his duties, what he did. You said duty. I did, openly and without shame. Secondly, so that would assume, unless he's gone completely rogue, that uh, old Bill Barr, the Attorney General, has approved this. Clue number one. Clue number two, his remarks are going to be given at the Justice Department. Hmm. Oh. What does it mean? So, is he still doing anything? Or did he wrap it all up? Is he done? I know he's still... I think a, he's done done. But he's still officially in that title, I believe. Is he? Uh, they they were bandying the, uh, that about on the news, whether he's an, a former employee or an employee. But they said it doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't. Well, but th- th- I thought it th- mattered th- whether he's employee or not because there was some speculation that the reason the the Trump administration hadn't cut him loose or the executive branch hadn't cut him loose because he's as long as there he's an employee they have some control over what he does. Keep in mind, Jack. I said TV news reported that it doesn't matter. Right. That doesn't so mean it either. might matter more than you know the laws of physics. And they just don't know. And here I am repeating it. Yeah, I get words, the irony. In other words, they, they would have to give approval whether he spoke to Congress or not when he's still an employee. Once he's right. a private citizen, he can do whatever the hell he wants. He can talk to anybody about anything. But they're saying that does not that's not true. Um, uh, it's like being a CIA guy. You can't say, I tell you what, third in command in China, he's our guy. We own him. You the, can't disclose that stuff. The reason I ask if he's still investigating or anything like that, remember there were no, uh, there were no, the big thing with the Mueller report coming out, are there going to be further indictments? And Brennan, the CIA, oh, I believe there's going to be lots of indictments. Including Jared, Don Kushner, Jr. Right. Perhaps the president, and blah, blah, blah. And there were none. Is there any chance there is still, a, Mueller comes out and says, okay, we've done some more work, and uh, we have some indictments to announce. Mm-hmm. Any chance of that or not? Mm, we're going to indict Joseph Biden Jr. for hair sniffing. <laughs> and wang showing at the front of a 
<laughs> exactly. When he's swimming Skinny at the pool. Right, exactly. Um, so I, I don't know. Do we have time for this? Maybe I, think can... it, I think it's pretty interesting that, that James Comey's opinion piece in the Washington Post dropped without announcement last night and is in the paper today, and now this without an announcement, and they're old friends with the FBI. I think they're going to be standing up for the institution in one way or another. Complete change of topic here, uh, because in uh, roughly, what is that, 40 minutes or so, uh, Robert Mueller is going to speak, and we will carry the entire thing uh, for you, uh, so uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, Tom Rogan writes for the Washington Examiner. He's an editorial writer, and he's a very, very smart guy, and he usually writes about government and politics, but he is also a UFO enthusiast, and not kind of a wackadoo weekly world news. No, see, you wandered away from your mic. I heard your sarcastic noise. Nobody needs that. UFO Nobody needs enthusiast. your wiseacre. I know what that means. No, he's a very, he's a serious man, an intelligent man, and, and, and he just would like to know what's going on. And he is talking about the New York Times' big report on sightings by U.S. Navy aviators of unidentified flying objects between 2014 and 2015, tracked on radar, on FLIR, that's your uh, infrared-type system, um, we gotta talk carefully about... trained pros describing them. we got to get into this more. We haven't played the audio either. We played it back when it first came out. Right. we got to play that again. Well, his assertion is this topic is way more interesting and important than people are, are letting on, so... Yeah, I would agree. We'll have that for you this half hour. Marshall's News next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. There's some breaking news today. Let's get to it with Marsha Phillips. Well, Special Counsel Robert Mueller is going to be making a statement on the Russia probe within the hour. What? The Justice Department says it's going to be a statement only, not a press conference. There have been some crazy things and stories and hearings happen over the last couple of years, and he didn't make a statement. Right. And now he's going to. Wow. White House says it was given a heads up that Mueller might be making this public statement about his Russia probe. The White House saying they were not caught off guard by Mueller's announcement. So that will be coming up well, within right. the hour. If he's doing it at the Justice Department mm-hmm. with their uh, imprimatur, then, yeah, clearly they knew. Some reports are saying that Mueller was unhappy with Attorney General Bill Barr's initial remarks about the findings of the investigation before the redacted final report was released. There's some speculation he might address that. Then you've got Michael Wolff's new book called Siege, Trump Under Fire, excerpts making the rounds in the British paper, The Guardian. Well, the subtitle is, this is a load of crap like the last book, no! including, including, Listen to the Trumpkin. including, according to people on the left, Saturday Night Live made fun of what a load of crap it was. Back to the new book. The book reportedly claims that Robert Mueller drew up an obstruction of justice indictment against President Trump, but... Spokesman for Mueller says the claim is wildly inaccurate. Well, how do you like your first big blurb that comes out about your book that's really going to sell it and move it off the shelf? The uh, the FBI comes out and says, that didn't happen. No such documents <laughs> ever existed, I believe was the statement yep. or something like that. Yeah. yeah, the Guardian reporter said he viewed the document, and again, Mueller's office says, no, it doesn't, it doesn't even exist, as you just said, Joe. Oh, we got this text. What if Robert Mueller is going to announce he's found new evidence and he's reopening the case? Oh, boy. Like Comey did. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. Oh, my God. He found uh, uh, Russian collusion emails on Anthony Weiner's new laptop. <laughs> 
Also in the excerpts from the book published by The Guardian, former White House advisor Steve Bannon is quoted as predicting Trump's presidency will fall after investigations into his finances reveal to his supporters he is not some incredible self-made billionaire, but rather he is a crook. Steve Bannon said that? Yep. Seems unlikely. Bannon was quoted as saying, this is where it isn't a witch hunt, even for the hardcore. This is where it turns into just a crooked business guy and one worth $50 million instead of $10 billion. Did you say $50 million? $50 million instead of the $10 billion. I need, I need to hear the context of this. i got to look but into this. But this is from that book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, has yeah. Bannon spoken on this? Has, has Bannon he was, said he did an interview last night? I didn't hear what he was saying. I but did Bannon his... say, "Yeah, I said that," or did he say, "That's a load of crap"? I don't okay. Know. The book will be published in June. It's a sequel. It's to a Fire pile of crap. Why are you still talking about yeah. it, Marshall? It is a pile of crap. He's a known liar. Like. What's according the matter with you? you Repeat garbage from a garbage book. It's not fit to wipe your butt with. And now, Armstrong and Getty attack their beloved newsman. On an entirely different matter, forecasters are saying conditions have been ripe for the kind of tornadoes that have been sweeping across the Midwest in the last two weeks. On Monday, the U.S. tied its current record of 11 days in a row with at least eight tornadoes confirmed on each day. National Weather Service got reports of at least 27 tornadoes on Tuesday. That'll leave you on edge a little bit if you live in that part of the country. The why... I don't know, and the what you'd do about it, I really don't know. But the weather is definitely different than it used to be. It mm-hmm. just is, is a lot different than it used to be. But it, it, that's been true of virtually every chunk of my life, I think. I mean, it was way colder and snowier in the 70s than it was the 60s. And then it was a great deal less snowy, you know, currently than it was. I just, I just don't know. And I don't know what to do about it. I actually do know what to do about it. Live my life. Celebrity attorney and self-promoter Michael Avenatti says he intends to fight both federal cases that saw him plead not guilty yesterday. I am now facing the fight of my life against the ultimate Goliath. Against the results of your own crimes, you creepy porn lawyer. Does he crack at some point, or does does he keep up this facade of, I'm a good guy fighting for what's right, all the way into prison? Is there is he at some point just to like fall apart and start crying? Oh my it God, it's actually over. Begging for become begging for mercy, guy. Well, it's just at some point, I think you'd realize that why am I continuing to pretend this? My life is ruined. I'm going to prison. Oh, he's a PR guy. I think he'll just keep spinning. Have God, what a sucky way to live your life. Yeah. I mean, I just well, he was high flying for a while there, Jack. He was high, wealthy. He was a, uh, the toast of uh, the left. He was uh, touted as a presidential candidate. Fabulous. God dang it. When he was driving. Hanging out with used up skanks. <laughs> when he was driving the $4,000 yeah. a month car yeah. and, 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 and dating crazy women that are going to make your life miserable and all that sort of stuff. And he knew it was all phony. I just can't imagine the pressure of that. It sounds awful. Yeah. Word out this morning. Apple now has a patent on a photo- foldable screen for its iPhones and other devices. The patent granted on Tuesday, the latest in the tech giants patent applications based on foldable screen technology i'm surprised this one way or the other we're going to get new screens right. but i'm surprised that so many people are working this i i still think the google glasses kind of thing is right. is where we're going we're all wearing some sort of glasses or goggles and all our info is there and we just wear them all the time but 
What do I know? Because you'd have the full range of your vision. You don't right. need a giant screen. You just have your glasses on, and you're sitting in your house, or your car, or your plane, or whatever, watching a full screen. Right. Whether it's your, your laptop and you're doing work, or you're watching a movie, or playing a video game. I say chip in the brain. Chip in the brain, maybe that's the way to do it. Uh, speaking of the iPhone, Start our, replacing our eyeballs with something. Yes. Our favorite tech reporter, Jeffrey Fowler of the WAPO, will be talking to us about... Who your smartphone is talking to at night while you sleep. (laughs) Probably Robert Mueller. (laughs) One final note. Jeopardy host Alex Trebek says his doctors say he's in near remission of advanced pancreatic cancer and his response to the treatment is kind of mind-boggling. Wow. Yep. 78-year-old TV personality telling People Magazine he's responding very well to chemo and the doctors have told him, quote, they haven't seen this kind of positive result in their memory. Is it possible Alex Trebek is indeed superhuman? That is incredible. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I had read the report that during tapings of Jeopardy, during commercial breaks, he'd be lying on the floor screaming in pain. Okay. And people would come over to him and say, we don't have to do this, you know. We don't have to tape another Jeopardy. We can run a rerun. No, I'm going to do it. Well, as, as you know, sometimes the worst you know, feelings or when you're getting treatment. Oh, uh, yeah, I felt the worst uh, right. <laughs> during the this is supposed to make you feel better phase than I did with the cancer. Right. But uh, that, that'd be something if he beats pancreatic cancer. Yep, Trebek saying some of the tumors have already shrunk by more than 50%. He's got another round of chemo coming up, and he uh, he and his doctors are, uh, you know, sounding wow. very optimistic. He's not a young man either, what, he's 78? 78, great yep. Scott. At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. What is what is former religion around Alex Trebek? Oh, boy. I think if he beats this. Clearly. Yeah, that's that's astounding. I so, mean, I'm rooting for the guy, but when he was coming out saying, oh, yeah, no problem. We'll uh, beat this and get back yeah, to taking Jeopardy. Okay. Said, oh, that's very brave, sir, but yeah. Mm-hmm. He actually does it. Yeah. So in about 15, 20 minutes, we're going to hear from Robert Mueller, and uh, we'll have it for you. Oh, yeah. And his new brand of exercise tapes. <laughs> Stop that's, it. That's that's Sean's prediction. Mueller My prediction, just... Carnival Cruise Lines has a new tour to Moscow. He's their <laughs> spokesperson. That'd be pretty good. You go Beautiful. on a Russian cruise. Beautiful. And he's the spokesman. <laughs> it's 3 a.m. Do you know what your iPhone is doing? Jeffrey Fowler with a great report on the secrets in the night. Is this supposed to scare me? Probably yes. scare me. All right. Yes. I want to be scared. scared. That's next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I suppose we could do the UFO story, or we could uh, give out recipes. There's all kinds of things. We're trying to figure out how to handle the whole uh, Mueller announcement, wondering, will it start on time or not? He seems like the kind of guy to me that comes out when he says, you know, top of the hour, he means top of the hour. I appreciate that. If you're not early, you're late. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Presidents, they famously, they say top of the hour. They mean like 10 minutes later for some reason. I don't know why. Still uh, rejiggering the speech. Checking the the tents, making sure they're using the right form of their... Buried the lead, if you're just tuning in. Robert Mueller is going to speak to the world on the whole Russian thing for some reason, and nobody knows why. Gave the world about two hours' notice. He's going to speak from the Justice Department for, they're saying, eight minutes, but who knows. So, the lead couple of sentences... I'm headed over to the White House to arrest the president. Oh, boy. Now that would make the news. (laughs) 
The uh, first couple of sentences from the uh, truly interesting article by Jeffrey A. Fowler in the Washington Post are as uh, as follows. It's 3 a.m. Do you know what your iPhone is doing? Mine has been alarmingly busy. Mm. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Fowler joins us now. He's the technology columnist for the WAPO. Hey, Jeff, how are you, sir? Jeffrey Fowler joins us now. Jeffrey, are you there? We apologize. Oh, had the wrong button pushed. Went, it happens. Went to Harvard, has a bachelor's in anthropology. That's what you expect out of people who tell you about iPhones. That's right. Jeffrey, Jeffrey how are you, sir? Back. We're back. I'm good. Hello. Have I ever mentioned to you my alarmingly high level of uh, Neanderthal DNA? <laughs> uh, it may have come up. As an anthropologist, I just thought you'd probably want to, I don't know, take me around the country and display me. Why don't we uh, have tails? Can you explain that? (laughs) Okay, so listen, back to the iPhone. Yours has been alarmingly busy in the middle of the night. What are you talking about? So I ran this experiment. Uh, I plugged my phone into some software to see what it got up to while I was asleep. And what I discovered is the apps on my phone are busy talking to all kinds of companies that I've never heard of before. They're tracker companies, kind of like the cookies that you get on web browsers, but they're buried inside apps, completely hidden, and there's not a ton we can do to stop about them, but Apple should really be doing more to protect us. Because what these things are doing is collecting all kinds of personal data about us. I found trackers that were getting my exact GPS coordinates, ones that were getting my email address, my phone number, my IP address, Basically, any kind of private information that was on my phone was headed off to some company I'd never heard of because an app had embedded it in it. Wow, I'm surprised by this because Apple has quite proudly and stubbornly made the world know that we're not like Facebook. We don't sell your data. We sell you cool devices. Yeah, you'd think so. They, They took up this ad, if you remember, at CES in January that said, what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. Um, and it turns out that that is not, not actually correct. Wow, that's just crazy. So these app makers, they just, and Apple knows this, I assume, they say, yeah, yeah, we'll let you play this game, but we're going to download your location every five minutes? Yeah, so what Apple, because remember, Apple's responsible for, first of all, setting the rules of the operating system of iOS, and also vetting these apps before they go into the store. So Apple is supposed to be checking these apps to make sure that they're not taking our data, sharing it with third parties in ways that might surprise or alarm us as consumers, I really think that's where they're sort of turning a blind eye to some of this behavior. You, Apple says, oh, well, they're supposed to have privacy policies that disclose this, but who reads these privacy policies? Nobody. And Yeah, and, you know, when you open... I actually Apple, have, I've actually tried to start, and, and ev- so far, every time I've read one, I ended up not getting the app. I thought, no, I'm not agreeing to this. Indeed, and in some of the cases in my experiment, I found that apps weren't even abiding by their own privacy policies. Oh, really? They okay, well, say, then, then it doesn't even yeah. matter. Exactly. On what percentage of the apps that you were using that had these trackers? um, I didn't break it down to a percentage, but I can tell you this. Over the span of a week, my iPhone faced 5,400 trackers that pinged inside apps, which if you multiply that over a month, would have taken up 1.5 gigabytes of data. Now, keep in mind the average or sort of the base level phone data plan is only 3 gigabytes. So that's half of a data plan just going to trackers, taking our data in ways that aren't beneficial for us, and we didn't even know what was going on in the first place. Wow, and that's being charged to us, essentially. It's being ticked off of our, our data allotment. Indeed. 
Well, that, wow. that's you know that alone is annoying. As I don't hell. like that, but that's not my biggest concern. But um, you should so see is, my son's data usage. Is this the is this the sort of thing that European laws uh, don't allow? Good question. You remember about a year ago, actually almost exactly a year ago, Europe put in place this GDPR law, and that's why we all started getting notifications on websites that they use trackers or they use cookies, and you have to accept or uh, you know, uh, not allow them. So actually, that European law did at least make websites have to disclose to us when they were using cookies. There's nothing like that in apps. There's nothing that says either from the, the law or from uh, Apple's own rules that says, you know, you open an app like, uh, like uh, DoorDash and it has to disclose, oh, by the way, we're using nine different trackers right now. You cool with that or not? Wow. Like, we don't have anything like that. Well, I know in your piece that you have uh, a link to an app that identifies and blocks many trackers, and we'll have a link to your article, as always, so that <clears throat> people can find that and download it. Uh, but is the iPhone alone? How about uh, Android phones, Google stuff? Android phones are just as bad, possibly even worse. <clears throat> the software that I mentioned um, that, you, that you have the link to that works for iPhones is not even available for the um, Android App Store because Google won't let it in because Google says, oh, we don't allow apps that might interfere with the ability of other apps to display ads. Wow, this is this is amazing. Uh, that, that we're just being tracked and reported on constantly with without our awareness. And I, I wonder how many people cared. I mean, the only way you're ever going to get any movement on uh, legislation to stop this is if people care. And I don't know if people care. Positive th- I, Sean I thought question. Care. This story has been uh, the most read story on the Post website uh, for the last day. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Very glad to hear that. So this this tracker blocker app that you're talking about, when when I install that, will that kind of brick my some of my existing apps? Does it when when these apps can no longer track me, do they cease functionality? Good, Good question. That's what I worried about. I've been using it now for a little over two weeks, and there are a couple of times when apps, particularly Facebook, get a little grumbly about it. And if so, you can go switch it off temporarily if you need it. But other than that, it seems to be going fine, which really emphasizes the point. These companies don't need to be doing this. No, they, they do don't. not need to be well, sending our data to third parties. But they want to. Yeah, they're not right. doing it because they need to. There's there's money in it. But yeah, the, right. the, the fact that so many of these companies are taking this information, I'd call it stealing it. They'd say, well, you agreed to it, but you know I have no idea what you're doing or no way to figure out what you're doing. You're stealing information from me. F you, companies. I don't want to do business with you at all. you got to know my precise location while I'm asleep? Why? What are you going to do to me? Jeffrey Fowler is the technology columnist for the Washington Post. We'll have a link. you got to read this whole piece. It is so interesting, uh, as always. Jeffrey, fabulous job. It's always great to talk. Thank you. You bet. All right. We'll I'm talk glad soon. that's the most read story on the Post site. I, w- I would like there to be enough outrage that... that as a company, it'd be, it'd be important for you to advertise, and we track nothing. And that is our standard here at Jack's whatever. Well, that's what, uh, that's what we thought Apple was doing. Yeah, that's true. Or true. This one uh, app, Citizen, which um, was uh, violating its own privacy policy, the spokesman said, we'll do a better job of making sure our privacy policy is clear about the specific types of data we uh, uh, share with providers like these. We do not sell user data. We never have, and we never will. But Jeffrey points out that the more data that companies have, 
Uh, the harder it becomes to hold them accountable, including inevitable breaches and hacks and the rest of it. Well, I t- as this uh, privacy advocate keeps reminding Jeffrey in the piece, this is your data, not theirs. Yeah. Well, that's Europe's view of it. The data belongs to you, not to them. They believe it belongs to them in the United States. Here's the data I'm most interested in. What the hell's old Van Muller going to say? Robert Muller, does he step up to the microphone on time in a couple of minutes or not? Um, wherever you're listening to us, uh, we're going to get it to you, all right? Uh, I, I don't know how else to say it. It's complicated because a lot of different people are on different radio stations. But Right, right. So uh, he's going to step up to the uh, the microphone. He's going to say... Ladies and gentlemen, I need to announce that a SWAT team has just taken Jared Kushner into custody. He's a Russian agent. <laughs> for for some I of you, <laughs> for some of you at the top of the hour, we'll have it live or whenever he steps to the microphone. If not at uh, at six past the hour when we come back, we'll have it. So, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll get to it. Plus, uh, interpretation, comments, experts. Uh, I've decided to arrest the president. He announces. That's he holds up his handcuffs. Happen. Rips off his mask like he's a Scooby-Doo villain. It's been Putin the whole time. (laughs) Oh, wow. Now that would be a twist. Did you like my report, American Pig? (laughs) That's hilarious. Any minute Mueller on the Russian probe. I want a prediction. Is this big? Scale of 1 to 10, how big a deal is this? As in a big statement about the report or addressing something specific? It's a big story. Big story of the day. Is it going to live up to the hype? You know, call me, call me bitter, but I'm saying it's going to be disappointing. And I prepare to be disappointed because it will be non-disappointing. <laughs> wow, that's complex. Either way, I'm disappointed. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Smart, fun, intelligent talk. <laughs> With Armstrong and Getty. Morning 6 to 10. An iHeart Radio station. Talk 650. KSTE. Rancho Cordova, Sacramento. I, I didn't even have time to pee or get a cup of coffee. We're back already. I did both. Wow. That's Listen. impressive. Don't get the cups confused. So, right. Okay, hold on. Four, three, two. One. It's a, It's time, and he's and he's not at the podium. Where's Robert Mueller? He's late. He can't be, when he says he's going to talk at a certain time. He doesn't show up. I thought he, he was dependable. That's what they you said. You can't believe the Mueller report. There he, it is. Blue the blue curtain. The blue curtain of shame. He's in the tank for Trump, shame. or he's part of the deep state. Shame. 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 Get a watch. Shame. Shame. He's finishing getting the sizing right of his leg warmers for his Mueller size exercise oh, video. All right, launch. So nah, right. so you think. This is going to be a disappointment. I just I think it's going to be a fairly narrow point, but I I don't know. It's a coin oh flip. I think it's going to set the news world on fire. All right, here okay. we go. Uh, uh, much more serious than this. All right, Melbourne, here we have for the first time publicly in more than uh, two morning, years, Robert everyone, Mueller. Thank you for being here. Two years ago, the acting attorney general asked me to serve as special counsel. And he created the special counsel's office. The appointment order directed the office to investigate Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. This included investigating any links or coordination between the Russian government and individuals associated with the Trump campaign. Now, I have not spoken publicly during our investigation. 
I'm speaking out today because our investigation is complete. The Attorney General has made the report on our investigation largely public. We are formally closing the Special Counsel's Office, and as well, I'm resigning from the Department of Justice to return to private life. I'll make a few remarks about the results of our work. But beyond these few remarks, it is important that the office's written work speak for itself. Let me begin where the appointment order begins, and that is interference in the 2016 presidential election. As alleged by the grand jury in an indictment, Russian intelligence officers who were part of the Russian military launched a concerted attack on our political system. The indictment alleges that they used sophisticated cyber techniques to hack into computers and networks used by the Clinton campaign. They stole private information and then released that information through fake online and identities and through the organization WikiLeaks. The releases were designed and timed to interfere with our election and to damage a presidential candidate. And at the same time as the grand jury alleged in a separate indictment, a private Russian entity engaged in a social media operation where Russian citizens posed as Americans in order to influence an, an election. These indictments contain allegations and we are not co commenting on the guilt or the innocence of any specific defendant. Every defendant is presumed innocent unless and until proven guilty. The indictments allege and the other activities in our report describe efforts to interfere in our political system. They needed to be investigated and understood and that is among the reasons why the Department of Justice established our office. That is also a reason we investigated efforts to obstruct the investigation. The matters we investigated were of paramount importance. It was critical for us to obtain full and accurate information from every person we questioned. When a subject of an investigation obstructs that investigation or lies to investigators, it strikes at the core of their government's effort to find the truth and hold wrongdoers accountable. Let me say a word about the report. The report has two parts, addressing the two main issues we were asked to investigate. The first volume of the report details numerous efforts emanating from Russia to influence the election. This volume includes a discussion of the Trump campaign's response to this activity, as well as our conclusion that there was insufficient evidence to charge a broader conspiracy. And in the second volume, the report describes the results and analysis of our obstruction of justice investigation involving the president. The order appointing me special counsel authorized us to investigate actions that could obstruct the investigation. And we conducted that investigation and we kept the office of the acting attorney general apprised of the progress of our work. And as set forth in the report after that investigation, if we had had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. We did not, however, make a determination as to whether the president did commit a crime. 
The introduction to the volume two of our report explains that decision. It explains that under long-standing department policy, a president, president cannot be charged with a federal crime. So we are going to join Robert Mueller in progress. Um, he's come out and given his statement. And this is good timing. He's made brief introductory remarks, described the scope of the investigation, which was looking into uh, Russian messing with our election, our political system, and then any possible uh, conspiracy with the Trump administration. He's just getting into the question of obstruction of justice now. And uh, let's let's get back to Robert Mueller. And we conducted that investigation, and we kept the office of the acting attorney general apprised of the progress of our work. And as set forth in the report, after that investigation, if we had had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. We did not, however, make a determination as to whether the president did commit a crime. The introduction to the volume two of our report explains that decision. It explains that under long-standing department policy, a president cannot be charged with a federal crime while he is in office. That is unconstitutional. Even if the charge is kept under seal and hidden from public view, that too is prohibited. The special counsel's office is part of the Department of Justice, and by regulation, it was bound by that department policy. Charging the president with a crime was therefore not an option we could consider. The department's written opinion explaining the policy makes several important points that further informed our handling of the obstruction investigation. Those points are summarized in our report, and I will describe two of them for you. First, the opinion explicitly permits the investigation of a sitting president because it is important to preserve evidence while memories are fresh and documents available. Among other things, that evidence could be used if there were co-conspirators who could be charged now. And second, the opinion says that the Constitution requires a process other than the criminal justice system to formally accuse a sitting president of wrongdoing. And beyond department policy, we were guided by principles of fairness. It would be unfair to potentially it would be unfair to potentially accuse somebody of a crime when there can be no court resolution of the actual charge. So that was Justice Department policy. Those were the principles under which we operated. And from them, we concluded that we would, would not reach a determination one way or the other about whether the president committed a crime. That is the office's, that is the office's final position. And we will not comment on any other conclusions or hypotheticals about the president. We conducted an independent criminal investigation and reported the results to the Attorney General, as required by Department regulations. The Attorney General then concluded that it was appropriate to provide our report to Congress and to the American people. At one point in time, I requested that certain portions of the report be released. The Attorney General preferred to make, that in, preferred to make the entire report public all at once. And we appreciate 
that the Attorney General made the report largely public, and I certainly do not question the Attorney General's good faith in that decision. Now, I hope and expect this to be the only time that I will speak to you in this manner. I am making that decision myself. No one has told me whether I can or should testify or speak further about this matter. There has been discussion about an appearance before Congress. Any testimony from this office would not go beyond our report. It contains our findings and analysis and the reasons for the decisions we made. We chose those words carefully, and the work speaks for itself. And the report is my testimony. I would not provide information beyond that which is already public in any appearance before Congress. In addition, access to our underlying work product is being decided in a process that does, that does not involve our office. So beyond what I've said here today, and what is contained in our written work, I do not believe it is appropriate for me to speak further about the investigation or to comment on the actions of the Justice Department or Congress. And it's for that reason I will not be taking questions today as well. Now before I step away, I want to thank the attorneys, the FBI agents, the analysts, the professional staff who helped us conduct this investigation in a fair and independent manner. These individuals who spent nearly two years with the special counsel's office were of the highest integrity. And I will close by reiterating the central allegation of our indictments that there were multiple systematic efforts to interfere in our election. And that allegation deserves the attention of every American. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Good night, everybody. Wow. Drive wow. safely. There you have it. So I'm uh, watching the Twitter feeds already, trying to figure out what uh, people are picking out of there for uh, the the headlines. For for for, for one crowd, Mueller saying, this report is my testimony, and there'll be no further comments. I'm not going to answer any questions. Right. I won't be testifying about this. If you want to waste your time, I'll read to you from the report. But don't uh, call me before Congress and think you're going to get more out of me. Is what he's saying. Yeah, okay. So that's that's one big headline. Stay tuned for my headline. Are you done? Um, here's my headline. Uh, what he said could certainly be interpreted as, we're not going to charge him no matter what we found. That's why we didn't charge him. If you find stuff in there you think is impeachable, impeach him. I will tell you this. There is no point in further congressional inquiries and investigations. They can hold hearings where they read chunks of the report, but the idea that pencil-necked Adam Schiff, the nakedly ambitious showboat of California, is going to get to the information that Mueller wasn't able to is just ridiculous. They either have to say, we're impeaching him because of pages 2, 3, and 4 in the Mueller report, and get to it, or they're just posturing um, to weaken the president and keep the base excited. Mueller said... Look, there's stuff that looked obstructiony in there to us, essentially. You want to do something about it? Do something about it. That's your job. It'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. But you feel like he also said there's nothing else to find? Or that's your belief? Um, It's my belief. Okay. I, I, just the idea that, because congressional committees have, 
you know, they have a budget and they have a staff and stuff, but it's a tiny fraction of what Mueller and his folks did. And they could investigate till they were just done. If they'd said, give us another week or month or a year, they would have gotten another week or month or a year. So what I'm saying is, if Democrats say, all right, let's impeach, because I think he did obstruct justice and I think he's a rotten president, they need to do that. Uh, if they say, we're going to continue investigating, that's just saying, yeah, we'd like to impeach, but we know we don't have the, the, the political will of the people and the votes in the Senate. Our text line's 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. Here's a question. Why do you think he, he did this? He didn't have to do this. You know, as he said, well, we're wrapping up now. I'm resigning. We're closing the final boxes. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't feel like he needed to do this. It didn't feel, there was nothing new. It was a nice, concise summary, and it was kind of fun to hear him summarize it, but there was nothing new. He did make it clear that the non-indictment, well, well, he made it clear that there was never going to be an indictment of the president. Wasn't even on the table, not an option. right. So we didn't even look at it that way. You know what was really interesting to me, though, because I'd been persuaded by certain legal minds that I think highly of that the idea that as a prosecutor you'd come out and say, well, we can't clear the guy. I mean, that's an odd thing for a prosecutor to say. Of course, he was an investigator and a prosecutor, but it still strikes me as an odd thing to say. Was he hinting, yeah, there's uh, obstruction by the standards of some reasonable minds? You know, some people argue about the whether or not you can indict a president and whether that should be challenged. He stated it as just a, you know, a solid fact. It's a very long-standing policy that that would be a terrible idea. But he certainly didn't open up that can of worms or sound like he had thought anybody should. No, no, I, I would he agree. He stated it as a fact as like like gravity exists. That's just a fact. Right. We don't do that. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what people uh, say about it. I suppose it's a fairly big deal that he said, look, this is my statement. There will be no more. Yes. Because there's a lot of people howling yeah. for getting him, uh, you know, in front of Congress and asking him questions. Mm-hmm. That ain't going to happen. Yeah. That's not on the table. Well, I guarantee you're going to hear the drumbeat for impeachment get louder over the next uh, several days because to a week. Because of this? Yeah, because of this. Yeah. Just him making it clear that I didn't indict because I wasn't going to indict. Read the report. Do what you want. I'm out. That was his message. Okay. Well, uh, and his other message was that, listen, the Ruskies are messing with us as much as they can. Wake up. So, Text line 415-295-KFTC. Like to hear your opinion and more on this coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> 